Blog Talk Radio. In a world where everyone is a social media guru, there is one lodestone, one brightest point in the sky, one true north. Uh, we have no idea where that is, but we've been here every Tuesday since August 2008, bringing you the absolute best and brightest guests from the world of social media and internet marketing. Welcome to Social Media Edge Radio. And now it's time to get this show on the commode. Here's your host, Ken Cook, and co-host Mike Mueller. That's not even a funny joke. Today, Mike Mueller, it's just not funny. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I do well. Thank oh. you. I was just going to take a sip of my tea. Go for it. Ah, very nice. I'll join you. Cheers. Cheers. And I don't know how that became to be a tradition, but if you're listening in for the first time, it's tea time with Ken and Mike. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's Social Media Edge Radio. This is, let's see, this is year uh, nine, season nine, episode, what's the episode number, Mike? Seven. Lucky number seven. Lucky seven today, and never joined us before. Welcome. Uh, we talk about social media, social media marketing, and things that are relevant to that. So it's not just social media. We also talk about blogging. We even get into some pretty techie stuff sometimes, talking about things like WordPress, occasionally Joomla, Drupal, um, and using the tools that help us do what we do. Mike is a uh, WordPress and content developer, primarily video, I would say. Right, Mike? Uh, right now, in the month of February, I'm doing 28 days of video, one each day. Uh, so my so, content is video. Yes, lots of, lots of. And uh, Mike brings that to the table. I am a, uh, I'm, I'm a web developer, to, to put it that way, but I do things like, uh, uh, say you have a WordPress site up and it's running, but it's just not doing exactly what you want it to do. Maybe you need a custom plugin or a custom function or something like that then that's mm-hmm. when I get involved. And uh, sometimes those are even uh, entire custom websites that are built either around Google or or sometimes they're built around uh, the Angular JS framework or things like that. So we bring that to the table. Mike, you've brought something to the table today. What have you brought? You know, I'm... And, and, and this, is, this is all me because... Uh, you know, I, I joined Twitter way back when. Actually, I joined Twitter, I think, in 2006, even though Twitter doesn't acknowledge me that. They say I joined in 2008, but I deleted my account because I just didn't get Twitter. And then mm-hmm. I came back in 2008 and joined Twitter again. <laughs> but um, you said something, and you did it in tweet. And I think you might even have posted it over on Facebook, and I'm not sure. But you said Twitter is a great lead generation source or something to that effect and i take issue with that i twitter to me is there's a you know i've got lists and i work my lists as far as that goes so i have my close friends and you know i've got all sorts of other lists and things like that depending on interests and stuff but um you go over to twitter these days and it's a vast wasteland of promotional marketing crap that's just mm. flying by and you Who's going to pay attention to this? So when you asked me what we should do for the show today, it was an easy one. 
um, I want you to prove. Eh, you don't have to prove, but show me. Show us how Twitter is a lead-generating machine. No, I'm actually going to prove it. Uh, in fact, I'm going to ask everyone to take a 60-day challenge. And if they don't get their uh, results that they expected, then they'll just need to see you for the money back for the webinar. <laughs> Cost of their admission. Return to them if nothing happens in 60 days. So uh, before we get into that, we got a couple other things we want to do, but I just want to tease that part with this. And like anything else, uh, it is what you make of it, uh, what you get of it, how you do it. Uh, personally, I've heard how great Google Plus is. For me, Google Plus mm-hmm. uh, always seemed to be entirely a waste of time. Um, so I think it's a lot of, of where you spend your time, where you invest your interest, and, and where you invest your things. But I don't spend that much time on Twitter. I use automation uh, to a degree. Not automation mm-hmm. so much as scheduling. Uh, it's not automatic scheduling. I don't pull stuff from one place and put it to Twitter. But we're going to talk about those things in, in just a few minutes. But first, we've got a new segment that we do every week now. And uh, we bring our favorite tools or a favorite tool to the uh, table so people can use those as well. And, Mike, we're going to start with uh, yours this week. Oh, boy. And, you know, when we first started this, I thought, oh, I, there's no way I'm going to come up with a new tool each and every week. Um, <laughs> and so far, maybe it's just that it's made me be a little bit more aware because I come across these things and generally I go, ah, that's okay, great, and put it to the wayside and, and just kind of forget about it. But then every now and then, I, I, and that happens, but I come across things and I go, hey, wow, this tool is actually, this has some value to it. And so, actually, um, I like giving out the URL. Um, it's stock scan and S-T-A-L-K, scan.com. And if you're familiar with, well, you're not familiar with. Most people, I'm going to say, have no idea um, about what's called the Facebook open graph that happens behind the scenes. And it used to be, you can go to, and I want to say the URL was opengraph.facebook.com or something like that, and you could type in your name and it would, or your user number or whatever it was at the time, and it would show all these different things in kind of this weird format, and you go, eh, okay. And then they took that away, and it it no longer works. Well, somebody created a, a website with an app, and you can put in, I love this, because it brings the open graph back. And I used to use the open graph. If you ever wonder, you know, what can people see who are connected, not connected, whatever, you want to get some real uh, freakiness in your life, put in your Facebook profile. Just go over to Facebook and then put in your Facebook profile here. And then you've got a number of different things you can say, okay, well, let's go see. Uh, what we can what we can see of this person, and you can view it as the public. You can view it like as if, let's say, the FBI were looking into you, or your crazy ex-husband, or crazy ex-wife, or what have you. And you can see all the things that really aren't all that private. Now, it's I haven't tried this out. before. This is a new tool for me, so I just tried it. Obviously, I am logged in to Facebook. 
Um, and you don't need Facebook, to be. Well, my face content is private. So I guess what I need to do is log out of Facebook, then reuse the tool and see what's showing up about me because um, pretty much everything I have except for a uh, few profile pictures and a few other pictures and just a very few uh, posts mm-hmm. are set to private. So Aha. this tool obviously can't reach in and get private information. So it can only correct. get information that people have made public, correct? It, yeah, exactly that. So, you know, if you really wanted to go in and see, you know, okay, for instance, there's a couple of things like what places has this guy been to what bars what restaurants what stores these are all tabs what theaters you know what movies has this person seen or liked or shown interest what political parties what pages does this person like so depending on your it goes back to your privacy settings and i do and i'm i'm going to be the opposite of you i do almost a hundred percent of what i do is public but if you want to have a whole lot more fun Put in your crazy ex-husband, wife, girlfriend, spouse, other. Put in their profile. And, and that's even more fun. <laughs> Mike the Stalker. Welcome to Social Media Stalking by Mike Mueller. <laughs> As I refresh my coffee cup here. That's a good tool, Mike. I'm going to play with that a little bit later because, uh, as you know, I do things other than what we talk about on the show. And sometimes that involves kind of checking people out. So. Good tool. Glad to know about that. So I've brought a little bit of a different tool today, and mine is something that is, if you're a web developer specifically uh, for my use, uh, this tool can be invaluable. Let's say that uh, I've just finished a website for a client, and they've spent you know quite a sum of money on a web designer, and then they've spent quite a sum of money on a web developer, and now they open up their um, iPhone 6. And for some reason or another, one of the pages looks a little funky to them. Well, what I need for them to send me is a screenshot of what they're seeing. Obviously, that makes, uh, I mean, you just got to have that. Even though there's a thing that's called Browser Stack, and that's a a totally different tool where you can actually log on to live devices and see things. Sometimes I don't see exactly what the client's sending. So I need them to send me a screenshot. In addition to that, I need to know a little bit more about their device. So my tool for this week is something called getmydeviceinfo.com. And if you go to that website, whatever device you visited on, it's going to immediately uh, present you with your screen resolution, your browser, your operating system, whether you have cookies enabled, whether you have Java enabled, um, all of these things that a developer needs to know to make sure that your content looks great, not only on your device, but on every device that, that everyone can see. I don't know if people realize this or not, but there are literally thousands of browser and resolution and operating system um, options, and each one of those can possibly affect how your website looks. Have you tried that mm-hmm. tool, Mike? I just I just saw it this morning and I I insta- all you do is just click on it, nice and simple. It does all the work for you. And I went, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and the nice thing is you just fill out a little form down at the bottom and it'll send it directly to the person that needs to get it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's my tool, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I love it. Bookmark. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so thanks for joining us for the tools section. Uh, stick around because now we're going to get into the paid section. So everyone, please swipe your uh, your card through your PayPal thing and send money to us. Is that how that works, Mike? <laughs> That's apparently how Twitter works for some people. <laughs> You're relentless. You are relentless. Okay. So <laughs> normally sometime either – uh, Sunday or Monday, sometimes really late Monday night, Mike and I will have a 15-second show planning session. <laughs> People think I'm joking. Uh, and yesterday, at some point during the day, I said, Mike, well, what are we going to do tomorrow? And I didn't really expect Mike to uh, hit me in the face with a golf club. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, he said, I'm thinking. And a little while later, <clears throat> he said, "Let's." Uh, you've said that you can get leads from Twitter, and I want to know how to do that. So uh, let me say a couple of things about that. It's not like my phone is ringing off the hook from Twitter, but my business improved dramatically over the last several months, and some of that is due to my activity on Twitter. I'll tell you kind of the end of the story there, and then we'll work into how I get there. But more often than not, it is from a referral from someone that I have engaged with on Twitter who has sent someone to me. And I either get a, um, a, a at mention on Twitter or an email uh, to me through my website or however they get to me saying that they saw this on Twitter or that so-and-so from Twitter sent them to me. Now, Mike knows that I've been running this $35 web development special, and obviously you're not going to get a full website for $35. Some people thought I was crazy for doing that. Are you nuts? 35 bucks. You can't even open your computer for $35. Well, the reality of that is I don't think I've done but maybe one or two $35 jobs, and those probably took me five minutes. So, uh, all of those things kind of work together. Um, I, I guess let's just start, Mike, with you kind of setting that up again, like, you know, you've been on Twitter and kind of your scenario, and then, then hit me with a few questions. And if I don't answer, um, or if I don't have the answer to your question already in my notes, then we'll get to that in a bit. Does that sound fair? That sounds fair. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I, you know, went and I put a couple in the, in the show notes, but and they were just kind of like as they came to me, and a lot of times what ends up happening is I in, in Twitter, when you know I see something, the first thing I go to is their bio, and so how important, and I'm, I'm going to actually add on to that, how important is the bio because you get a link in your bio, but um, you really most people only get one link. Um, the picture, and then I'm going to also say the cover image. The bio, more, I believe, from my opinion, uh, my experience, uh, the bio itself, more important than uh, your cover image or your, your uh, profile image. Um, <clears throat> I have a face for radio, but I do use my photo on my Twitter <laughs> bio. But if you go to my Twitter bio, the first three words are, custom web developer and then i have my website linked from my bio now i used to have 
a uh, link directly to my contact form on my bio. Uh, I decided mm-hmm. to take that off and go to the front page because it's very simple to see once you get to my website how to contact me. And I thought that would be a better way to, and I did this several months ago. Um, I thought that would be a better way to to learn a little bit more about me and what I'm offering before you click on the contact me. So bio, absolutely critical. Uh, I've played around a bit with the uh, cover image and I haven't noticed any difference. I know I had one that you really liked a lot and it was a web coder at large mm-hmm. with a little bit of, little bit of code in there that said, uh, you know, it was kind of a do while function and Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you commented on it, but no one else did. So ah. uh, I'm not as big for at my level. I'm not a brand. I'm a person. Uh, I'm not on Twitter just to do business. So I have things that are of interest to me, uh, just like in right. my bio. First three words are custom web developer, and then it says search and rescue, soldier, backpacker, podcaster. Um, I tweet politics and humor, technology, politics, and humor. So for me, that's what works because we talk about transparency. Well, transparency is no good if you're just not being yourself. So I'm myself. Okay. As for the profile uh, image, you know, just a picture of me. That's it. And a guitar in the background. Absolutely. And somebody stuck a little Republican you. sticker in there, which is funny because I'm not even really a Republican. Ah, I didn't even <laughs> see it. It's so small. <laughs> it's actually, I'll tell you what that is. That's a filing cabinet that belonged to my sister. And okay. the uh, okay. sticker is on that filing cabinet. She was, uh, she was on ah. Newt Gingrich's uh, board of directors for Republican women back in the, in the 90s. So that's why that's it. Okay. So, uh, and most of our listening audience, uh, generally small business as far as that goes, so they have a business name. Most of them are real estate agents. Tell me about username, because, you know, I'm at Mike Wheeler. You are, you have to be the Ken Cook, but we have other Twitter usernames. So does the username matter, or should I create one just for the business in this particular instance, or what should I go with? Well, we're not talking about, SEO, we're not talking about brand building. We're talking about gathering leads. If you're building a brand, obviously you want to stick with that brand. For example, uh, even though Social Media Edge has been around since 2008, uh, we actually just got a Twitter account, and and Mike has explained why previously. Uh, But now we have a branded Social Media Edge SME Radio Twitter account. Mm Mm-hmm. In that particular instance, if you'll look at it, the header matches the branding. The profile picture matches the branding because it's not a picture, it's a graphic. Um, the, uh, the, the bio matches what we do. I said before, I'm not a brand. I'm a person. Uh, you know, and, I've, and I've had this discussion with some speakers at some events that I've been to, to before. You are your brand. No, I am my person. I am not my brand. People don't look for me by my brand. They look for me by, by me. I have a brand uh, and I've had that brand for many years. Most people don't even know what it is. 
In fact, when they get an invoice, they're like, oh, I didn't know you had a company. Well, <laughs> I do. Uh, so for me, and that's what we're talking about and what works for me, if I were yeah. a real estate agent, I would go by my name. Because, again, I'm not on Twitter just to do business. If I go to Twitter and I spam, 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 then I'm doing it wrong. Uh, and then I, I actually put a show note in there and an asterisk on that. See also Guy Kawasaki. Uh-huh. Now, I saw that. Guy, Guy has a brand and Guy has Guy. If you go to Guy's website, there's no spam. If you go to All Top, in my opinion, it's all clickbait and spam. The entire stream. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but it works for him. And, and that's what he's known for. So everything has an asterisk. If I were an agent, I would go by my name. In my bio, I would put the areas that I service. If I were a real estate agent, I would put my phone number in my bio. And I would there make sure that – absolutely. And make sure that people know where I practice. The, the problem with most real estate agents is why they're on Twitter. If you come to Twitter to sell, you're probably going to fail. And that, so now that, that brings up, um, who do you follow? Um, because I'm, you know, I, and I'm going to say I follow, I don't know what, 14,000, you follow 30,000. Um, I think it's really cool that you follow 30,000, but, 37, almost 40,000 people follow you back. So you have more followers than you're following. And that, that to me, that says something. Well, that in itself took some management. Um, I follow people who are in the same interests as I am. So everything that I mentioned in my bio, I follow people in that. I follow politicians. I follow comedians. I follow podcasters. I follow search and rescue people. I follow fire departments, police departments. I follow um, soldiers. I follow um, Marines and airmen and, and sailors. And I follow people in the technology industry. So I follow people that do exactly what you and I do, Mike. I, I follow them as well. Mm-hmm. But probably just as important is I manage who follows me. And, and I've mentioned before okay. uh, that I use a couple of a couple of um, tools, and one of the tools I use is the Crowdfire app. Crowdfire mm-hmm. helps me determine. See, if if you follow me, I'll probably follow you back. It's not automated, but chances are I will follow you back. If I follow you back, and then a couple of weeks later you unfollow me, then I'm going to unfollow you <laughs> because I knew what you were doing. You're trying to build your number of followers and have it show like you're only following 30 people, but you have 12,000 people following you. So for me, a lot of those followers that I don't follow back are either not in a field of interest to me. Um, they are accounts that haven't been touched in six months. Uh, or some other thing, because I do, I take time to go to Crowdfire and actually run the filters and follow and unfollow people. That was a long answer, but I hope it answered your question. No, it was great. Um, 
So given that, you said, and a whole lot of it is engagement. So you actually have to engage um, and talk to people. How do you find people to talk to, one? And how do you know when somebody is talking to you? I know this is an answer, but I want to I want to hear uh, I want everybody else to hear that answer as to you know how do you hear because you're not on Twitter all the time. Oh, not at all. Uh, Twitter is on all the time on my phone. So if someone messages me uh, or mentions me, my phone makes a, a noise. Um, it dings and I pick it up and I look and I see, did someone mention me? And if it's a question that needs to be answered, you know, if it's a follow Friday, because on Friday my phone dings a lot uh, because I'm being mentioned. If it's not on a Friday mm-hmm. and my phone dings, I know I need to get to it pretty quickly. So using an Android, I just right on the front page there, I'll see uh, the last person that mentioned me and I'll go see what the question was. And if it's something that needs to be answered right away, I'll stop and answer it. If it's just a mention, like thanks to my new follower, um, which don't do that, please. Um, I, don't, you know, I don't, I don't respond. If it's something like yep. um, uh, an introduction, I've had what digital handshakes. Uh, who's our friend that wrote the book, Digital Handshake? Uh, Shell. No, who wrote Digital Handshake? He's uh, from Louisiana. Anyway. Um, it's where somebody introduced me to someone else. And that happens maybe two or three times a year. So again, I'm not talking about this happening every day, but let me also qualify that by saying, I don't spend much time with this per week. If I'm really hammering a lot of stuff on Twitter, maybe two hours a week, but normally probably 30 minutes a week is all I do. Uh, And I'll explain how I get content out there in that short of a period of time. In, in a moment, but uh, that's how I know if somebody has mentioned me or if they're trying to get in touch with me. I have an issue with direct messages. There are way too many of them. <clears throat> I do check them, but I don't check them immediately. Uh, so my phone does not notify me when I get a get a direct message. Ah. When I'm looking for someone to follow, I use hashtags and keywords. So I'll use the advanced Twitter search. I try to find people in my area first, and then I'll move out from that, obviously, around the nation and even the world. When I'm looking to get involved in a conversation, I still like uh, the Twitter chat sessions. If you've never been in one, probably a good place to talk, uh, a good place to start is uh, in uh, blog chat. So it's hashtag blog chat. Okay. It's, uh, It's an ever-evolving, it's a pretty large network of folks. Um, You can use different tools to to get involved in in listening to that, isolating that. Um, Tweetchat.com is awesome um, because it isolates that one chat. Uh, You have to keep in mind everything that you send out in that chat is going out to all of your followers. But it's a great way to get involved and get known. And it just so happens that uh, um, blog chat is where I've met a few people that have referred people to me. Whether I did business with them or not, they've, they've done that digital handshake. And there are – And, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of – I was going to say – There are a lot of chats yeah, of I was different gonna... categories. 
I'll stop that. I was going to say, uh, you said digital handshake again, Paul Cheney. Yes, correct. Paul Cheney. Thank you. Mike's not quite as old as I am, obviously. <laughs> I looked it up. I Googled it. Mine like a steel. T- oh, you gave it away. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's. And when I post, sometimes I post things that are um, kind of revolutionary and maybe they go at it at a different angle. Um, and, and sometimes I go after the gurus directly, like especially if they say blogging is dead or uh, something is better than WordPress. I go straight for them, go straight for the jugular, try to create a little bit of uh, uh, back and forth there and get involved. And Mike, you know this. And I know this, but the listeners may not. It looks like I only have 813 tweets. I tried a new tool Mm -hmm. last year (laughs) to clean up my tweets, and it deleted uh, 27,000 tweets with the click of a button. So, uh, yeah, there have been a lot of back and forth over the years. Uh, Unfortunately, I only have records for the last few months. Uh, and I hope that answered your question because I know that was a long answer. No, that was actually – and so um, blog chat, as far as that goes, that's a hashtag. And you follow you – can, you can do a search for that, that hashtag, and people are talking about a particular topic. Um, but I think as far as uh, local, because you mentioned that, uh, going local, finding the local hashtags that you that are – going to have a conversation, building a conversation around a local hashtag, wherever you live, there's a hashtag that kind of represents your locale. And if you're a real estate agent, I'm sure you can find a, or you can even start a hashtag about your area. Yeah. And let me say this to real estate agents. One of the easiest ways for people to use the ignore button on you or the silence button, whatever it's called, is mm-hmm. to only post open houses and listings and never visit your Twitter. There's a little button. If I go to the people that I am following and I'm on my top now, there's a little gear sign yep. there. And the third item down is mute. And I have <laughs> a lot of people on mute. So that means I can still get messages from them if they mention me, but I don't ever see what they mention in my stream. So if you want to be muted, do it wrong. If you want to fail, do it wrong. Mm -hmm. Fair enough? Yeah. And then uh, you said you used used things like Crowdfire. And and Crowdfire, by the way, was one of our tools uh, that we started the segment. That was one of your tools, I should say, uh, that you brought up. And I think that's pretty cool. Put it on my phone, and I think it's a wonderful tool. But uh, Buffer, you use... Some and I'm going to say actually I'm going to throw in one tool that I like as well, um, but you use some tools to for engagement as well like Buffer, and so you schedule mm-hmm. some of your tweets and 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 things like that. And um, what would you say as far as like major holidays coming up and and stuff like that? Um, is that what you use it for to schedule your tweets? I use it for almost everything, including my instant tweets. So the reason I do that is because Buffer uh, is really good at tracking the, the uh, 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 analytics for what happens, and it's all in one place. So when I get up in the morning and I'm having a cup of coffee, I'll turn Buffer on, and I'll just leave it on. Then I go read my news, 
and I use InnoReader to read um, my news, and I read news feeds. And if I see something interesting that fits with one of the Twitter profiles or Facebook profile or Instagram or whatever, then I'll just pop over to Buffer, pop in a really quick story. Um, I have a schedule already pre-set up. I tweet at like 9, 11, 10, 11, 11, 11, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, uh, 3, 3, 3. I get those weird times that I tweet. Um, and I will put this in the schedule, and it automatically schedules it for the next open slot. So I'm really not spending a lot of time on Twitter itself, but I'm finding things that are of interest to me. I'll put a little bit of a blurb about it because I want people to know that it's me tweeting. It's not just pulling from some automated system and pop that in buffer and go away. Now, if somebody responds to it, I get notified on my phone or on my desktop and I respond to them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, um, and you know, I've got a I've got a blog I've had for a long time. I've got quite a few posts that I've done. Um, I added a um, I and this is all I saw somebody on Twitter doing this. And so when I write a new post, I usually tweet it out, and that was the end of it. Um, but I saw somebody doing this, and it, I'm going to say it goes back to the guy Kawasaki thing. And I've just been playing with this, well, a little bit. But essentially what it does is it goes back in my old posts and fires off a uh, a tweet. Uh, and I've got it set so that it fires off a tweet um, three times a day. And I just put a little, I put a little thing ahead of it saying, no way, I wrote that. So it looks like I've actually, it, it's coming, you know, kind of, if you if you just happened over on my my stream, it would it would look like it just came out. No way, I wrote that. And then here's a link to the post. And so it gets people back into my website and does it on a regular basis. And like I said, it's just a a simple little WordPress plugin that just you can add on. And there's quite a few of them. There's a whole bunch of different things that that do this kind of thing. But um, I like that because it I've started conversations with this. You know, just by it just goes out and people have responded and said, "Hey, that's great," or "Wow, that's a really old post," or what have you. So let's talk about that very quickly, and that goes back to using custom URLs. Now you're mm-hmm. pretty savvy, so it's pretty easy for you to figure out where somebody came from to get back to your your website. Uh, however, if you're pushing them to maybe a third party or something else that you want to track what's happening with that. Right. I always use the uh, custom URL builder from Google that can tell Mm -hmm. me everything that I need to know about exactly where they clicked on that link. Now this is if I'm actually designing a campaign. I don't do that for your, for the normal news things that I post uh, through buffer. But if I'm doing something like if I'm running a special Let's say maybe I've got a, a WordPress tune-up cleanup special, and I'm I'm doing it for you know X number of dollars, and I want to know exactly which tweet uh, they clicked ah. on. Mm-hmm. Then I will go over to um, and and the the link I put in is actually for an AppSpot.com uh, campaign URL builder, but it's it's awesome. It's probably the best one out there. So. However you build your custom Google URL, 
just make sure you build one and you attach it to your your um, your particular Google Analytics campaign that you're using. That really gives you some valuable information because, as we know, Google gets a little bit more information than other people do at times, and it puts it all together. So we can even narrow it down to possibly uh, even like gender and age and those kind of things. So to me, that's important. I don't do that on every tweet, but if I'm creating a campaign that I'm going to be tweeting about, uh, maybe putting on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and uh, all that other stuff, then I want mm-hmm. a custom URL built for it. And let me, let me say this as well. Uh, if you go to some people's Twitter, you will see that they have the same first tweet always there because they've got it pinned to the top. Now, mine right now is just something I was trying to unite the left and the right with <laughs> a tweet on mine. Uh, and I put that on there and it's had I don't know, dozens, maybe more likes and shares and those kind of things. But you can actually put a uh, an advertisement, your own advertisement. I had my $35 website thing up there or $35 web development thing up there for about six months, and I got business from it on a sticky tweet. And people don't realize that you could pin a tweet to the top. Yep, and it stays there as long as you leave it. Valuable, valuable real estate. I like that a lot. That was worth price of admission all alone. <laughs> well, that's and that gets back to being involved in things like um, blog chat because if you go to blog chat and people have never seen you before and they want to know a little bit more about you, they're going to click on your link. They're going to click on your Twitter profile and go check you out mm-hmm. to see who this guy is. And once they've done that, the first thing they're going to look for is your profile. And then they're going to start looking at your tweets. So if you're, Profile uh, and your top tweet match, you, you've already started a conversation because now they're, okay, I know who this is and I know what they're about. Right. You'd ask another question in the notes that you haven't said here, and that is DMs or public engagement. I'm just going to say I avoid DMs until I've established that we need to have a DM conversation, direct message, private message mm-hmm. for what it works. It uh, very, very rarely have I ever had DMs. Now, when I'm recruiting for people to join us on the show, I will publicly invite them, and then a lot of times they will ask me to send them a DM. You've probably seen that because I include you in those conversations. Right. Uh, that's that's when you take it to DM. DM is not for, you know, the biggest abuse of DM is when you follow somebody and they send you a DM. I actually yep. have a special category for those people, and I know a lot of them just don't know any better. But if you're listening to this show right now, if you're in this multi-billion-dollar webinar, you now know don't use automated DMs and don't DM people to get their attention. Absolutely. You know, you also asked another one. You said, how do you get people to convert? Well, that's the same way as anything else. Yeah. It's not easy. you got to have the answer to their pain. You got to have the cure for whatever's ailing them at that time. And Mm -hmm. that's how you convert them. That's why I love referrals. Referrals to me are much better than just cold leads because referrals are, you know, uh, Mike, you gave me a a good referral last year, a couple of good referrals. Well, one of them you can have back, but (laughs) just kidding. Uh, 
you know, those, those they're basically pre-qualified. Somebody of trust has already uh, brought you to the table, and those are much easier to convert. So converting right. somebody from a cold lead, that's the never-ending battle. Too, way too much for the four minutes we have left in this show. <laughs> have I just been interviewed and on my own show? You have, and and I think you did a really good job. And you know, part of my part of my other thing was I was you know, and we kind of got around this or got through it. But I was, you know, do you send people to a landing page? Do you send people to a, and like you said, you send them to your homepage because your homepage is designed so that they get the gist of who to contact and and what you do and all that uh, right away. Um, but you know that you know for me um you know it's just looking at my bio i send them to my um if you well actually there, i have two links in my bio but uh the one link goes over to what's obviously my twitter policy and mm-hmm. um essentially i kind of you know tell you i'm going to follow you back or here's why i won't follow you back and here's you know what i expect out of our relationship um, but I think I need to be a little bit more uh, meaningful in that, not so much the Twitter policy, but um, what I can do for them. And I think other people probably as well. Yeah, I mean, the bio part of your uh, Twitter is awesome. And it's almost a, a mirror of mine, although we have different uh, different interests. It's very similar format, and it works. Yeah. I guess just to, to sum this up, um, it's like anything else. If you don't tweet or if you do it wrong, you're never going to get any success. If you do it a little bit, you're going to get a little bit of success. Um, if I ha- didn't have to spend so much time developing and I had actual teams of people to develop, I probably could just mm-hmm. spend my day on Twitter and get enough leads to keep a team busy. But that's not what I do. Uh, and if you're a real estate agent, let's face it, if you get two leads a year off of Twitter, that's probably a pretty decent year. If you get two leads a month off of Twitter, then you just need to do nothing else but Twitter. <laughs> so it, it's you get out what you put in, and there's a wrong way to do it. Um, and sadly, I don't always do it right. Let me be very clear on that. I do it right sometimes. The sad truth mm-hmm. is almost everybody does Twitter. There, there are a few people that do it right. And, of course, there are different methods and diff- different objectives. Like we mentioned, Alltop. Alltop is extremely successful. It's made Guy Kawasaki a ton of money. And it's basically a spam stream. It's a clickbait spam stream. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it works. So that's my wrap-up on that. Very cool. I think you answered all my questions. My brain is empty. May I leave the class? Mm, I think so. I think we can take <laughs> you off the hot seat. Okay. Well, actually, that was fun because I, that's something that I I enjoy talking about. I'm, I'm very familiar with it, obviously. And there are people out there that are much more familiar with it than I am. I guarantee you somebody listened to this show and said, <laughs> right. But that's because there are different ways to accomplish the same things. That's what works for me. 
So thanks for thanks for mm-hmm. being interested in it, Mike. What are we going to talk yeah. about next week? It's a great unknown. It is a great unknown. I don't know. You'll have to maybe you'll have to ask me guess. a question midweek. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll wait till Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. Um, I had a, the understanding that we might possibly have a guest joining us. Is that correct? That's exciting. Yeah. I need to follow up with him one more time, I think, and uh, see if we can get him to join us. There's something about he had jury duty or something, couldn't join us for a couple of weeks. There. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think that's about it for today. So thanks for sticking with us for the whole uh, thing. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact Mike uh, at areweconnected.com or me at thekencook.com. It's time to say bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. Thanks for listening to yet another edition of Social Media Edge Radio with your host, Ken Cook, and co-host, Mike Mueller. Stay on top of what's happening by visiting socialmediaedge.com. Music by Kevin McLeod.